Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. Hello and welcome to Funk Radio, everybody. Hello. Hello, listeners. Hi. I like how every time I do the introduction for Funk Radio, I sound like I'm in a like, podcast for NPR. It's like, welcome to Planet Money. <laughs> I still love that name. I've never heard that show, but I love that name. I know, right? Uh, I want a planet full of money. Uh, it's just a, it's a, I've, I've caught it a couple times cause I sometimes listen to NPR through XM. It's just, uh, like a financial podcast. There is a really interesting one that is kind of contingent with planet money called how I built this, where they interview different, uh, successful business owners that built major brands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just talk about like how they started their business, where they started from, you know what made them successful and sometimes people come off a little arrogant but uh for the most part a lot of them seem pretty chill and humble about their success so it's nice to hear well that's a uh i think that's a good segue into our topic for today because the man who we'll be talking about for uh this episode i feel like he's pretty humble with the success that he's gained oh yes So I guess coming out of the last two episodes that have been extremely serious and dense and (laughs) research heavy. Yes. I figured we could use a little bit of levity for for a little while. So Mm -hmm. Um, many listeners, especially those who aren't super young, might remember back in 2006 when that uh, video was floating around of the the guy singing about Flea Market Montgomery. Mm -hmm. That was really one of the earlier video memes at least in the that i remember at least in the age of uh youtube yeah and i don't know if i kept in my notes when youtube started i think it was oh five maybe oh wow um and this was you know within the first two years or so of youtube taking off so um that's cool we uh so so i guess kind of how this topic came about is um in the last episode, we actually ended up playing this as kind of like a joke commercial. <laughs> um, yeah. During the episode, because we were trying to break things up a bit. Mm-hmm. And then as I was editing that episode, I was like, you know, we could probably do an episode about this. <laughs> so the guy we're, we're going to be talking about, um, who was featured in that song, he uh, he's, a, he's a businessman named Sammy Stevens. And we're going to be basically, this is basically an episode about him and his musical legacy, if you will. And uh, it's pretty amusing. It's pretty lighthearted. So I think uh, I think we'll have a good time with this one. I was going to say, Peter, regarding, I guess, when this guy first became famous through the internet, you yeah. said it was uh, late 2006. Personally, I remember one of, it was either you or one of our circle of friends that showed me this in college. It was probably me. It makes sense. I mean, if you knew about it before I did, um, you probably did uh, initiate me into the glory that is uh, <laughs> Flea Market Montgomery. But um, yeah. I remember that kind of snowballing my discovery of YouTube-based memes. Mm. Uh, it's, w- it's when we also were really into Winnebago Man for some reason. Um, <laughs> and that, yeah. that I'm a banana song. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Good times. And obviously this one was before that, but I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I guess I don't remember strictly when I first saw this video. Because I don't even think I knew about YouTube until at least maybe 
07 or 08 so because it was still pretty small so i think i had probably seen it elsewhere on the internet because like this was back when like video memes could spread on other sites other than youtube Mm. so uh, i guess i guess we'll get into it based so basically the the story with this is that um this man like i said his name is sammy stevens um he uh, he did a, basically this jingle, for those of you who don't know, he did this jingle advertisement for his um, flea market store in Montgomery, Alabama. I don't think he directly is the one who uploaded it to YouTube. I think maybe local people who saw it on TV maybe did. Mm-hmm. So the very first one that actually doesn't exist anymore was a 30-second version of the commercial uh, uploaded on October 7th, 2006. And then the next month on November 30th, the full two minute version was uploaded. And that's the one that's still around today. I think it's appropriate to play a good chunk of this song for our listeners so that they can be enamored by this beautiful song. Yes. Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah. You can find them at the market. We talking about flea market. Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Oh, yeah. Come shop with us. I said flea market. Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Hey, hey. You heard me. Come shop. Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. We got it. You need it. You'll find it. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Hey, hey. Shop. I said flea market, Montgomery, it's just like, it's just like a mini mall, hey hey, living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes, oh yeah. It's, it's so funny because the film quality of this makes me think it's like from like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not that's a good point. That, that and the furniture. <laughs> so he releases this, um catchy uh song you know in in this commercial and if you haven't seen the commercial i mean that's half of the joy of this so he releases this in late 2006 in the montgomery alabama area you know to advertise his business just the next month in december of 2006 god i feel like i'm doing the tupac and biggie thing again with the whole timeline Um, (laughs) (laughs) he was shot no he wasn't so um the the Ellen DeGeneres show I don't, is it just called Ellen? What is her show called? It was for the Ellen DeGeneres show. Now it's just Ellen. Okay. Anyway, on her show in December of that year, she asked her viewers to send in their favorite commercials from local businesses, and a woman from the Montgomery area actually sent in this flea market video, and um, Ellen liked it so much that she invited Sammy Stevens onto the show. So at this point, when he's featured on Ellen, that's when this song really picked up steam. Mm-hmm. Um, and became really a, more of a phenomenon nationwide. As of this recording, we're almost to the point where it's been 13 years since this was um, my God uploaded, and it's gotten more than 11.5 million views on YouTube. So like I said, there was a 30-second version, obviously. I I'm, I would guess that's the one that, would, that played on TV. I, I can't imagine they played the two-minute version on TV. There's also, I, I didn't know this until researching this episode, there's actually a version that's three minutes and 44 seconds long that's more of like an extended mix. And so the two-minute version and the 344 version are both available on iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. Uh, so <laughs> if you really want to go, you know, download and or listen to this, 
with your favorite platform so you can do that. <laughs> and I didn't know about any of that. I'm totally looking this up on Spotify right now. <laughs> so um, I wanted to go into a little bit because, you know, there isn't a ton of information out here but the, out on the internet about this whole thing, but there's enough that I was able to piece together basically a little bit of the history behind this song and mm-hmm. everything. So in a, in a 2012 interview, um, I'm going to read a couple of long form quotes from this interview um, that Stevens did with uh, Media Mics. And um, so he explained how the song came about. He said, quote, when I took over the flea market, it was only selling antique stuff. So I said I was going to bring in some new merchandise along with other vendors and it will be like a mall. And that is how the mini mall terminology was born. But I figured that this alone was not going to catch people's undivided attention. I wanted something that would stick in the people's minds. And whenever they heard it, they would automatically think of flea market Montgomery. And I think he was pretty damn successful with that. Mm-hmm. He said, a friend of mine had this jingle. I liked it, but I wanted something more upbeat. So one night we were in the studio in his house and he told me when he plays the music, he wanted me to talk over it. So I said, living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it sounded really cool with the music. I told him I was going to buy some time on the radio and make a rap out of it. Then I hired this guy from the TV station to help make the video. We shot the video, edited it, and put it together. And that's the video you see on YouTube. Amazing. So it's pretty much exactly how you would imagine this came about. <laughs> yeah. Um, the The funny thing is, like you said that... They hired a guy from the TV station, I assume a cameraman or something, yeah, uh, to sh- help shoot the video. And obviously the cameraman wasn't using new station quality cameras. He was probably using his own. Because, yeah, as I said, I think it's hilarious that this video was shot in the early 2000s and it looks at least 10 years older. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever quality film they were using it was probably like a camcorder you know <laughs> I mean, it probably was it kind of looks like it was yeah i don't know i think that kind of adds to the the charm a little bit though oh absolutely basically after this flea market song kind of became popular especially with youtube suddenly stevens sammy stevens was being approached by all these businesses saying hey we want to feature you in our commercials and so i picked out probably the best ones i could find i think there are actually a handful more that he's done. And so I wanted I wanted to kind of talk through a couple of these and play clips from them as well because they're pretty entertaining. So the so after the flea market video in 2006, um, two years later, he did Atlanta Braves uh, in 2008. And um, let's go ahead and let this song speak for itself. <laughs> Turn to field. Baseball, Atlanta, oh yeah, it's hot dogs, excitement, we're talking about excitement, that's why I like Braves Baseball, oh yeah, come chop with us, I said, Chipper Jones, Frank Corn, hey hey, you heard me, Glavin, Tashira, you nail Escobar, hey hey, McCann, and Bobby, it's, oh, it's yeah. almost like the Atlanta Braves came to him and said, hey, you know that video you did? Do the exact same thing, but just for our team. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's exactly what they told him. Well, they must because it was. It's the song is almost identical. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny, and there's actually a part where he says, because you know, in in the original song, it's it's just like it's just like mm-hmm. a mini 
Mo. In this one, he says, it's just like Braves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I found that amusing. And then there's actually a comment on that video where someone mentions that and it says, we need to put some effort into this one, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll find that, you know, in the multiple examples of his music, there's not a lot of variance from song to song. Oh, no, um, I'm sure. And I think that's kind of what's amazing about it. It's like he's found this formula of just doing what he does, and it just seems to work for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. So that was in 2008. Um Fast forwarding a bit, um, I I think I had seen this when it first came out, but I completely forgot about it until doing this episode. He did a song called Bernie Generation in 2016, <coughs> and this was in collaboration with Onion Creek Productions in Austin, Texas, and um, basically it's an anthem song for Bernie Sanders, and it's pretty great. So let's go listen to a clip of that. Bernie Sanders, he got it, yeah, Bernie Sanders, he got it. The president, I'd say it. It's the Bernie generation. It's the Bernie generation. It's the Bernie generation. Qualified. Just get on up. Get on up. And show support for Bernie. I like that. Say it one more time for me. It's time. Support for Bernie. I said it. Bernie. I said it. Let me say it one time. I was feeling the burn back then, and I don't think I ever saw this. You know, it's weird because I'm seeing it and it looks familiar. I must have seen it when it came out. So that's a thing. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like a candidate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. find him at the market. <laughs> so April 2016. Now that was after the primaries, right? Uh, rough. That was during the primaries. Was it the primary? Okay. The prime? The what do you call it? The I forget the name of it. The thing where the freaking DNC goes and does all the voting shit convention. Uh, the convention uh, yeah. I think was in like June or July or something. I don't remember. So yeah, this was during the campaign. Sadly, obviously, this video didn't go viral enough because he didn't get the nomination. <laughs> uh. Um. Yeah, the Democratic National Convention that year was July twenty fifth through twenty eighth. Boom. I, I didn't write it down, but there was a quote from him in some one of these articles that are interviews I read with him. And he said, basically, if they had released that song earlier, then Bernie would have won the primary. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that's fun to think about. Never underestimate the kid's ability to do things because of memes, <laughs> I guess. I guess so. So that's that's pretty fun. Uh, the next one I had never heard of before. It was just a couple months later in 2016. He did what's called the pokey rap. And uh, oh. before I explain it, let's just go ahead and listen. I was going to say, I am very familiar with the Pokey Rap. At, at one time, I could recite the entire thing. 
you were familiar with this version or just the pokey no, rap? No, no, no. The pokey rap in general. At the end oh. of at the end of every Pokemon episode, they would do the pokey rap. And they would just list off a bunch of different Pokemon in rapid succession. Um and yeah, it was like okay. the, the end credits, I guess, of every episode. Yeah, so I guess he's rapping all the Pokemons in this song. <laughs> I guarantee you. Pokemon! Like, I guarantee you when they just had him do this, he's probably just like, what the fuck are these things? Well, actually, I have to say, in, um, so okay, so really quick, this was in collaboration with Smoke Money Productions in Pensacola, Florida, um, and this was to honor the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. In an interview um, with Montgomery Advertiser, they mentioned how, because part of that, the big part of the, uh, that interview was talking about when this song first came out, mm. and they were mentioning how it took some work for Sammy Stevens to pronounce the names of the Pokemon. The creative director for this video, um, Carson Greenway, said, quote, The charm of it is, even though he wasn't really 100% exact on some of the Pokemon names, there's kind of something funny and charming about that because he genuinely genuinely enjoyed doing it. Mm-hmm. He definitely had fun for sure. <laughs> um, and I think they had mentioned something in that interview about like putting the names on cue cards or something so that he <laughs> could read them out as he was being filmed. I can't find it right now, but there's a really famous YouTube video where, like, some guy shows his grandma, like, all the Pokemon without telling her the names of them and just has her, like, guess the names. Oh, I think I've seen that. One of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Uh, so that exists. So if you like the Poke Rap, mm-hmm. go check out Sammy Stevens' version. It's pretty great. I, I thank you for making me feel really old for reminding me that. Three years ago was the 20th anniversary <laughs> of the game that I played as a childhood, or as a child. Mm-hmm. Death comes for us all. So, you know, throughout the 2000s and 20-teens, um, at least as of a few years ago, he was popping up every few years doing, you know, more advertisements and videos and stuff. Um, and he did a lot more than what we just listened to. These are just some good examples. Anyway, so in 2011... Stevens actually sold the flea market to pursue a career in advertising, which I'd never known. No. And that decision kind of makes sense when you think about it. And he, so I was reading a 2015 interview with um, Nine News in Sydney, Australia, and he said, quote, it went viral and hundreds of people started coming into the flea market, but they didn't want to buy furniture. They just wanted to get autographs and see me dance. (laughs) And, you know, you can even look up videos on YouTube where people like from just random people going to the store and meeting him and he would sing the song to them, um, which is pretty fantastic. <laughs> the, the point of that was that he, he was noticing that his popularity was basically coming from the way he marketed the place rather than the place itself. Mm-hmm. And, and so in that same Montgomery advertiser interview I mentioned a minute ago, he said, quote, I have about 100 commercials out. I'm in a lot of different states now. My commercials are a bit different than everybody else's commercials. What I try to do is grab people's attention. My commercials are more entertaining. My commercials get people talking about the business. And so I think that speaks to, you know, how he sees this whole thing of, you know, trying to think of new ways to get people paying mm-hmm. attention and, you know, actually uh, being more aware of, of businesses because of doing something that's entertaining. So I think once he realized that, he said, I'm going to sell the flea market and do this full time. And uh, that's still what he's doing today. He has a 
website, and I think it's called itsammystevens.com. And there's not really much information on there, but I'm pretty sure his cell number is on that website. Um, so I, why do, why are we not calling him for an interview? Come on, Peter. I'm lazy. <laughs> no, he probably just like disconnected the phone years ago because you wouldn't stop calling him. Yeah. The unfocused um, So I have a weird theory. Sure. And this is an unflattering theory, and I'm sorry. Um, do you think? That this minimal song and Stevens becoming famous from it and then basically recapturing the adorable kitschness of it is sort of, I guess, what I would call the Tommy Wiseau effect, if you know what I'm talking about. For those of you that don't know, I guess, Tommy Wiseau did, uh, is director of a really, really terrible movie called The Room. Everyone thought it was so bad that it was funny. And then he tried to recapture that humor in uh, successive projects. But because those projects, like, you felt like he was in on the joke. Well, yeah, because with the original movie, it was a very serious project. But everyone thought it was hilarious because of how shitty it was. And then he yeah. and then he was like, oh, yeah, I meant to make it funny. And now that he knows he's just like cult icon basically yeah um he all his other stuff has been like you said in on the joke kind of so are you are you saying that sammy stevens is kind of in a similar i'm just wondering if like he he's unable to recapture the cuteness of his original because basically in all these different advertising things that he's now a part of he's just kind of rehashing the joke you know, you, know I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was I was thinking something similar at this last, you know, week. Because I'm sure he is capable of so much more. I don't know if he's just choosing to do the same sort of thing each time because that's what people like. Yeah. I feel like people that become famous on the internet, through really no fault of their own, end up basically being turned into one-trick ponies. Because people expect you to do that one thing. Yeah, so we're just going to make you do that for the rest of your life, basically. Yeah, I mean, you you get these businesses who approach him and saying, hey, like, basically, like, let's take the Atlanta Braves, for example. I'm mm. positive that they reached out to him and said, hey, we want, to, we want you to do the exact same thing, but for, you know, changing some of the lyrics. So mm. I haven't really seen evidence either way of whether he has wanted to, wanted to try new things and people haven't, like, let him. Mm-hmm. I think we would be remiss to say that like he can't do anything else but yeah i don't know i guess that's an interesting thing to think about and i think that's almost an unavoidable thing to talk about when you realize how similar all these different songs are i know we've done prior episodes on meme songs and stuff before but in the back of my head whenever i see these people become famous for like one little thing Mm-hmm. I always think at the back of my head, like, you know, do they run around saying like, you know, hey, I'm more than just this. I have all these other great ideas. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, no, do the thing. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if that was a lot of what was going on. Depending on how you look at it, that's not necessarily a bad thing in this case. Because something, a recurring theme I've seen from people, like quotes I've seen from people who have met him is that he's like this really friendly guy who likes to just entertain people. And 
what I've seen over and over again is that people are entertained by what he's doing and he enjoys doing it. So in that angle, I think it's actually, you know, it's not a bad thing. Uh, yeah. If you true. want, I if mean, you're trying to look at it from the lens of pushing boundaries or trying new things all the time, I don't yeah, think this is necessarily a story that <laughs> touches on that. I, I was going to say, you know, not, you know, not everyone that becomes famous has to, you know, wants to, turn their fame into, uh, you know, what's the word, you know, pushing boundaries, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, some people, if, you know, if they enjoy making people laugh, they enjoy making people happy, they're more than happy to, uh, you know, r- repeat the same success. I mean, shit, Groucho Marx hit watermelons with a sledgehammer for like 30 years <laughs> <laughs> and it's still yeah. hilarious. So no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to rag on him and say like, well, he should have done this. Right. Uh, it's more just like, I always kind of wonder sometimes like, you know, are people put in that position forcibly or do they kind of choose that position of rehashing the joke? Right. Yeah. No, actually I think this is a good conversation to have because like I have some more open-ended or like philosophical stuff to get into as well later toward the end but i hadn't even thought about this angle of it so i think this is interesting and uh in the media mike's interview i mentioned earlier on he said Mm -hmm. um so this is interesting he said quote this is back in 2012 this is right after he sold the flea market he said i'm trying to get an internet radio show going currently so when i get that accomplished i'm going to be live at five in the morning for the morning drive at five it will be called the sammy stevens morning show so I saw a little bit that he had both some like prior history in radio, but also was trying to like start a new show at this time. Um, Mm -hmm. From what I can tell, I'm not sure, but I I can't really see any evidence that that really got off the ground. At least in any, in any substantial way, about a year before that interview, when he said that statement, um, he had at least piloted this morning show format on the radio station, WAPZ in uh, Wetumpka, Alabama, outside of Montgomery. And I found a video mm-hmm. of this, and I figured we could play a clip of what that radio show might have sounded like. It's the Sammy Stevens Morning Show on Soul Classics WAPZ. Good morning, good morning. Oh, yeah. Ooh-wee. <laughs> it's Wednesday morning. Good morning, good morning. We got it, we got it. It's 95.7, a.m. Good morning, good morning. Oh, yeah, we got it. It's 6.03. Good morning, good morning. 46, oh, yeah. Good morning, good morning. Why is he so adorable? <laughs> he really does have a really good voice for radio. Like, he would make a good DJ. Yeah. Yeah, from, there's a couple other clips online as well of, of him doing this. And from what I can tell, he was... Basically playing funk music and just DJing in between. Uh, so like, basically us, <laughs> yeah. except more famous. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think he and I, he and us may actually have more in common than we might have thought originally. I was going to say, Peter. I think this needs to be our new interview goal: is to track him down. It probably wouldn't be that hard. Him. We can probably get a cell number Touché. on his website. Touche. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I that was from a promo video they had done, basically saying like, "Hey, this is going to be a thing." I can't. There's not really any evidence I could find that that was a thing, mm-hmm. um, because that radio station doesn't really have a website. 
that I could find, at oh. least that I can remember finding. So I wanted to touch on the flea market itself briefly. Mm-hmm. So like I said, he um, sold it off in 2011. Um, so its former location was on 2270 East South Boulevard in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. The shopping center today is known as the Mall at Capitol Plaza, and it's home to a variety of local shops. Um, and I actually was able to find it on Google Maps. And I am looking as we speak. Yeah, it's looks largely oh, abandoned. <laughs> this makes me sad. Yeah. There's like so much parking lot and so few cars. Yeah, well, that actually gets into the economic state of that area. I, I also read some inter- or not interviews, um, reviews of the place from people online in various places. Um, so mm-hmm. I, according to one person on Flickr, I couldn't, f- who took a picture of this place. I, I don't have anything else to back this up, but this person said, quote, the sadly forgotten former department store began in 1970. The aged South Boulevard complex mirrors the economic downturn of this depressed end of the city surrounded by dilapidation and crushing vacancies. So, yeah, I, so that kind of shows the impression that local people seem to have of this area of town now, mm-hmm. which is pretty sad. Yeah. It's too bad. And to my knowledge, there isn't a store currently that's filling the space where the flea market was. Mm-hmm. There's just some other stuff around there. So um, that's kind of a sad note, I guess, about the building itself and the store. Um, yeah. This was supposed to be a happy episode, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it kind of sucks, you know, overall, but I guess you were, he was even saying himself that, like, business wasn't, pr- probably wasn't what he wanted it to be. Um, yeah. So, um, I guess getting into some of the, you know, more open-ended questions that I had mentioned, you know, because we had talked about, you know, his own direction as a, <laughs> you could call a musical artist or an advertiser, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess talking more broadly about advertising in general as a society, we are not, we have never been more advertised to than we are today. Mm-hmm. And almost everywhere we turn, literally like there's something in our face advertising something or another. And so many of that stuff, we kind of just glaze over because it's just the same old and we don't even think about it now. Mm-hmm. And so the such the big thing in advertising is how can we break through that and actually get people's attention legitimately and it's funny to me that something, you know, I'm sure he did not have much of a budget for this thing. He just came up with a song on his own. He got some friends together to make the video and it became this phenomenon that's still getting people's attention now, almost 15 years later. Mm. So I, I just wanted to, I guess, call him out in a positive way in that regard of his ability to do that. Part of the question I had with that whole idea, too, was does are we to a point in society where actually like the low budget advertising can actually have the upper hand because that stuff does grab our attention possibly i think and maybe in some circumstances i think it's less about the fact that something is low budget and more about the fact that if something seems like sincere or if something is just randomly funny without really intentionally trying to be and you you kind of you kind of get that sense that large companies are trying to capitalize on that trend because I feel like the commercials that end up grabbing my attention nowadays are the ones that are trying to be random or weird or silly or just creep you out. Yeah. 
the Skittles commercials come to mind, the old Spice commercials with mm. uh, Terry Crews and the exploding pecs. Yeah. I feel like in this era of, like, internet meme, fast, random culture, corporations are... It's almost like they're trying, trying to create to, memes in order to get people's attention. Yes. Yes. They're, like, creating memes, but in, like, an inauthentic way, if that makes sense. I think, actually, and, you, had, you had mentioned the Old Spice one. I think that's probably a good example of one that actually kind of is successful. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, and being entertaining. I love Terry Crews. And sort of being a manufactured meme. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think you, there's probably many more, you know, I'm sure there's many more instances of that that just went to shit or that we don't even know of or forgot yeah. about instantly. It's one of the... It's one of those marketing ideas that uh, a corporation can absolutely do, but there's a very, very fine line between, like, authentically funny and cringy, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's in service of, like, you know, corporate advertising. Right. But sometimes it can be funny, like, authentically funny. But then other times, I guess the Skittles commercials kind of seem like the other end of that to me. Those... Commercials just creep me out mm-hmm. and make me almost not want to eat Skittles because they're trying to be like random and kind of creepy, but I don't think it lands as well. And it's just like, Ugh. well, and something along these lines too, that I was thinking of is I was trying to think like, if like, for example, Coca-Cola released a commercial, mm-hmm. like in, in a world where we didn't have the flea market song, if Coca-Cola today released or back then released a commercial very similar to that. Mm-hmm. You know, would we would it have as much staying power as the flea market one did? I would say no. I would even, say even you yeah. know being equally catchy and all that. I don't know if people would have latched onto it the same way. I I think it goes back to the authenticity thing. The fact yeah. that this guy was a small business owner in a rural part of America doing this commercial, where if Coca Cola, a billion dollar company, tried to purposely produce something that. Uh, low budget, I guess. Uh, well, not even if it, it was low budget, th- even if it was just like their regular Coca-Cola big ass budget with that kind of song, like would that have entertained people enough to remember it still today? That's a good question. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like people are more like more willing to give like smaller businesses or more niche things a pass. Whereas if a corporation does it, it's, it's seen more as pandering. Yeah, so I, I don't know. know. That's a good question. I think advertising is so um, tiresome that, like, mm. I don't know. I if, if, Coca, if Coca-Cola had done that, I would have been like, oh, that's kind of catchy, but I'm going to forget that, you know, 10 minutes yeah. from now. But yeah. I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the whole sincerity part of it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a big company, at the end of the day, you know they just want to make money because you're just a number. With someone like him... Obviously, like the entire point of an advertisement is to make money for your business. And that's mm-hmm. not inherently a bad thing. But I think, I don't know, there's just something more personable about it, I guess, when it's an individual person. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like sometimes, you know, like if you watch the news in the morning, sometimes you'll see like local business commercials too. And yeah. most of them are kind of boring uh, and low budget. But I have more tolerance, I guess, of those small business commercials, I think, than I do 
you know, giant corporation commercials mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, their ad budget obviously isn't in the millions of dollars and they're basically just trying to get you to use their business over someone else in the age of the internet and AdSense and Google Analytics mm -hmm. and all that stuff when, when, you know, it seems like, you know, the, the, the words you put in your Google tag matter more than like, you know, what your business is actually about. Yeah. The exactly. fact that you still have businesses using traditional commercial media is kind of quaint. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. For sure. On the other, I was going to say, on the other hand, that can also go very wrong if you're, if you're a small business and your commercial sucks. Right. Here locally, I don't know if you, if you remember this, Peter, because I feel, feel like this commercial's literally been around for 20 years. That commercial that would air in Southern California around the new, like morning news, it was like, uh, oh shit, it was like an electrical repair company. And mm. I'm totally gonna space on their jingle right now. Uh, yeah, um, just by your description, I don't remember that, but it's possible I have yeah, seen sorry, it. Yeah, sorry, I, in, a long I time ago. I can't find it. But yeah, I I think that's a that's a point to make is that like you know local low budget advertising doesn't automatically have the upper hand certainly. So I guess following up with that as well, I also had a thought about um, you know I, I guess going back this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with like people just telling us imagining at least people telling him hey just do that one thing. Mm -hmm. And he was saying like people weren't even coming here to buy furniture they just came here to you know, meet me and then they left and they didn't buy anything. Um, so my thought with that was, is there a tipping point where actually an ad becomes too successful where it's more popular than the thing that it's advertising to the point where people don't actually give money to that thing? That's a good point. I don't know. I would say generally that's probably not the case, but in a case like his, it seems like that happened, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a danger of happening when you are a small business as opposed to a large corporation because you can't manage the rapid success and influx of customers from even outside the general area. Yeah. If Especially when your commercial features you, you know, right. you're going to become the famous thing of that commercial, not your business. Yeah. So it's almost like you want to be recognizable and you want to get people's attention, but not so much to the point that it makes your business unprofitable. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, I think, partly because of the kind of business it was. Because not yeah. everyone's going to be like, hey, I'm, you know, because I want to meet Sammy Stevens, I don't want to be a dick. I'm going to buy a couch while I go yeah. say hi to him. You know, that doesn't really work that way. Yeah. See, he should have merchandised it and started selling like t-shirts of himself or something. I think he was started selling CDs of the song, if I'm not mistaken. And now their CDs are on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. Um, well, this is why we have Spotify. True. Yeah, I think that's always the risk when, you know, the the crux of the meme or the joke is you. You, you end up becoming bigger than your business. Yeah, and that's probably a better way to put it, too, because, you know... I don't think anyone ever thought anything bad about the business. I think it was just that people went there to see him. It didn't matter where he was. They just wanted to see him. They didn't necessarily mm -hmm. want to see. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people wanted to see the actual store too, but not necessarily to buy stuff. Yeah. I feel bad for his employees. 
<laughs> they're just like, oh god, he's here to see the boss. They're here to see the boss again. We're gonna lose our jobs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not, uh, you know, in terms of like everything he's done, advertising wise, I couldn't really find a comprehensive list or anything. But mm-hmm. um, he said one of the interviews I mentioned earlier. You know, he said that he was happy with the amount of success he had had. You know, I, I think at the, end, at the end of the day, that's really the important thing. If if he's happy and he's enjoying what he's doing and he's pursuing the kind of business that he enjoys the most and, you know, ultimately brings joy to other people, mm-hmm. then I think that's that's a uh, that's a version of success that probably a lot of people don't think about. True. So anyway, so we ended up talking about I mean, I, I figured we, you know, the discussion would go beyond just the song itself, but. I think we did that even more than I was expecting, which is good. <laughs> yeah. So, listeners, if somehow you have never seen the original video, um, go check it out mm. on uh, on the YouTube's. Um, along with some, there, you know, all of the other songs that we played also had their own music videos, which are entertaining in themselves. So, uh, those are all worth checking out. Um, like I said, his music is on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. So, if you want to support him in that way, I guess. You can do that. If you can think of any other commercials that you've seen Sammy Stevens in, uh, tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. And if you can think of any other hilarious local business commercials that deserve memification, uh, let us know and we can make them famous. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're going to do that. Yeah. We have uh, our entire archive of our episodes of this show is available at getyourfunk.com. Um, so I think that's it, unless you have anything else to say, Kyle. No. Um, join us next time on Funk Radio. It's just like a mini mall. Um, we got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this has been your host, Kyle. And this has been your host, Peter. Thanks for listening. And... Um, Tune in next time for us to talk about some other thing. We love you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>